chapter 46. Bell bows down, Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They stoop and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. To whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on their scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot it cannot move. Though one cries out to it, it does not answer. It cannot give him, it cannot save him from his troubles. Remember this, fix it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey, from a far-off land, a man, to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Listen to me, you stubborn-hearted you who are far from righteousness, I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. This is the reading of God's Word. So let's look back through it. This is the, the shortest chapter that we've read so far. And it's pretty straightforward. You just have to understand a couple of things going on. So at the beginning, Bel and Nebo were, if you remember, they're speaking to the Israelites that are most likely reading this currently in captivity in Babylon, the land of their, of their enemies. They were sojourners in this foreign land, um, taken into captivity because of their idolatry. And um, as we read in the previous chapter, God had made a, a promise. God was speaking to the anointed, to Cyrus, the king of Persia, who is, in, who is to the east of Babylon. And what he's now depicting in, verse, in chapter 46 is the destruction of Babylon. And so he's both depicting and prophesying the destruction of Babylon but he's also both to give hope to the Israelites who were laying there, but also to give warning to the Babylonians who might get wind of this. And so he begins in verse 1, naming out, calling out the two most common idols of, um, of the Babylonian people, Bel and Nebo. And these were both worshipped, and people would literally bow down to them. 
um, and perform a variety of sacrifices and different sorts of practices. Um, but they also look to these things as their, their guards, as almost this type of supernatural spirit that would protect them from wrong things and so, or from bad and evil things. And so right out of the gate, he says, these things will be torn down. Um, the Babylonian idols will be borne by beasts of burden. Um, he's depicting they will be put into a cart like the oxen will, these things will fall into a cart and the oxen will pull them away, um, which is almost kind of a, um, an insult. These things that you look to with such high regard will be you know, t- carried out of your land by a couple of oxen. Um, and then he speaks a little bit about what those, what those idols are, how they're a burden for the weary. And I think that's true for us too. You know, we, we don't live in a time, well, I guess um, some, some religions do. They do still bow down to carved images. Um, but but uh, particularly in more of our context, uh, we don't live in a time where we bow down in the secular world, in the secular age, the secular religion. You don't bow down to actually carved idols. Um, but we sure do have idols. Um, there are things in our misery that we believe will protect us from misery or in our misery will deliver us from, from it, whether that is um, the escape of uh, some form of technology, um, some form of success or appearance or body image or some relationship that we might gain. We, we looked, or, or our money and, or wealth, um, or social status, we look to these things as idols. We worship them. We give our heart to them. We give our desires. We, we actually spend a lot of sweat and energy devoted to these things, thinking that they will protect us from harm or they might deliver us from any sort of harm that we find ourselves in. And this, So this is a reminder that those things are but idols that will be um, brought down and carried off. Um, they're really nothing. And so then the urge, the invitation is to listen um, that we have a God, the same God, the God who there is no other like, the God who has been with us from our early age and will be with us unto the end. There is nothing and no one to compare to our God. There is no equal. Um, and this is the invitation that, that, that we have this God on our side. This God who actually does deliver us. This God who does, unlike the idols here, where he says, you know, they cry out to these idols, but they're not listened to. Um, no, there is no one there to answer. It cannot save from their troubles. We have a God on our side who hears us. Um, we, we are invited and encouraged to cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. Um, to cry out to the Lord in the midst of our distress, for even there He is with us. Um, we have a God unlike any other. Um, and so this is kind of what the middle of it's saying. And then He goes back and He says, "From the east I summon a bird of prey that might sound that might sound strange, um, a man to fulfill my purpose." It says. And so here again, He's prophesying about Cyrus, the land of Persia, who is to the east of Babylon. Um, and, and Cyrus is this man who will fulfill his purpose and bring about destruction to Babylon and eventually set free the people of Israel and send them back to their homeland. And so his urge is, listen to me, my salvation is, is not far away. 
um, I will give it to you. You know, I was just talking to um, a, a couple of students this morning actually about the, the hope um, of shalom restored, the hope of, of a land of full justice and peace. And um, I said our hope is not um, something that is just wishful thinking, but it's a certainty. It's we're moving toward this and we, you know, unless Jesus comes again in our lifetime, we will not see its completion, um, but we work towards it. But our hope is not some facade. It's not something that we just hope, you know, um, wish comes to happen, but, but it's a certainty. It's, it's for sure happening. It's been told to us again. So as we kind of land and live in our own sort of Babylonian land with um, idols all around us. We live as sojourners in a, in a world that does not belong to us, in a nation that does not belong to us. This is not where our um, identity, um, we are citizens of heaven, as Paul says. Um, you know, we, we live as exiles in this land. And, and just as he's prophesying here of a time where destruction will come and salvation will be reached um, in the same way Revelation speaks of that, where destruction will come um, and dissension will happen. The Lord will return um, and salvation and peace and shalom and justice and um, the new Jerusalem will uh, come once and for all um, where we will be at harmony with the Lord, at peace with God um, and at harmony with one another, love of our neighbors. Um, and this is our hope. Um, and so in the meantime, we pray and we wait and we cry, come Lord Jesus, just as these exiles in the Babylonian land uh, were taught to pray. And so let me pray for us. Um, we pray for you as whoever is listening to this. Um, and then send you off um, onto your own to consider this passage in, in more depth on your own and um, pray on your own. Um, God, you are our father, you are our friend, you are our comforter. Um, you are a God who um, is faithful to fulfill and answer um, your promises. And just as you, you brought this bird of prey, you brought this man, Cyrus, from the east to accomplish your will and to um, bring about destruction to the land of Babylon and to expose the foolishness of idolatry, um, and to deliver your people, Israel, and bring them back to their homeland. Uh, Lord, this is, this is so true of us too. Um, might we hold on to these promises that you have for us as well, that there will be a day where every knee will bow, where every tribe and tongue confess that you are the Lord, um, that you will descend from the clouds and um, bring us back to our homeland, uh, the new city, the new Jerusalem, the, the land of peace. Um, we long for that day, even now in this midst of such um, kind of isolation and um, societal distrust and division. Um, might we be a people of peace? Might we be a people of justice? Might we be a people who will point, point each other to this homeland, to this place that we truly belong? Um, not as a way, Lord, to escape um, the pains and the, the reality of, of where we live, but that we might work together and point people to our brighter um, future ahead of us um, and work unto that end. Lord, uh, be with us this day um, as we get closer to this beginning of, of our semester. Would you 
give us great confidence in the work that you'll be doing on our behalf and before us. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.